Copa MX Network production. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Kiefer Tested Podcast. The podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things moto-centric. Hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension, motor mods, and more. It's Kiefer Tested. Here he is, Chris Kiefer. Knock, knock. Come on in, everybody. Welcome in to the one and only RockyMountainATVMC.com. Kiefer Tested Podcast. Presented by FXR Racing and REP Suspension. How in the hell are you guys doing out there? Hopefully you had a great week. And we're a little bit past the holiday now, so we're into the new year. Well above, what, January 9th right now? So happy to be here for another edition of the, that's right, the one and only testing podcast that gives you the straight shot, the straight facts, the scoop, Maybe some swear words at times, so oh boy, we got to work on that for the new year. But nonetheless, they will slip from time to time because passion breeds swear words for whatever reason. I don't know. Um, but today we're going to talk about the 2023 Yamaha YZ250F. I had a delivery before the holiday to get that bike. Look, let's be real. There are no changes to the 2023 YZ250F from last year. But that doesn't stop us from doing a show, refreshing your memory, what this bike all um, is all about. And if you guys want to purchase one, we're going to talk about what this bike is good for, who it's for, uh, what its strengths and weaknesses are. And we'll just go over the whole bike and break it all down for you right here. And of course, if I don't get to something in one of these shows that I do, and it's a high possibility because look... I am not right 100% of the time, and sometimes it slips my mind on certain things that I should talk about, and I don't in this show. Hit me up. My door is open over on my email, Chris, K-R-I-S, not a C-H, Chris at KieferInkTesting.com. If you guys are new to this show, actually, there's quite a bit of you because the show numbers have gone up, and I've got a lot of emails recently saying we just discovered your show in the past few months, so thank you for one, and spread it around. Hopefully we can keep this thing up and moving as you guys support these advertisers that support this show. RockyMountainATVMC.com is the one and only trusted online source for parts, accessories, gear for dirt bikes, side-by-sides, ATVs, and street bikes. Low prices, unparalleled customer service, and free three-day shipping over 75 bucks. It's easy to see why you guys should be going over there right now. And doing some shopping. You can go to keyforinktesting.com, click on that RMATVMC banner, and that leads you back to their website and it gives us a slice of what you're purchasing. So thank you for the people that are doing that. It really does help. And if you guys want a brand new set of gear for 2023, fxrracing.com, use the code KKMX35 to save some money there. And if you're a lady, we have a special code for you. So go hit us up, Chris at KieferInkTesting.com, and I'll get you that lady code and get you looking real nice. Any of you guys want to get some suspension done, Mark and the guys over at REP Suspension. REP is located in AEO Power Sports, right in Marietta, California. Mark used to work for the KTM Factory Red Bull Racing Team, did a lot of dungy stuff back in the day. He's a very smart human being, way smarter than me. <laughs> and he has come on board this year to my podcast as, I, as I've been using a lot of his stuff lately and really enjoy it, so 
Um, he offered to come on the show, and you guys know how I am with sponsors on the show. If I don't use them, then I am not going to take their money to get on the show. So I was like, you know what? Let's do this together, Mark, and he is on board to help you guys as well. You can use the code KKREP if you want to get 100 bucks off of any kind of revalve on any bike. And yes, he does more than WP suspension. But if you have a KTM Husqvarna gas gas, he is a wizard in that area. Not only in cone valve track stuff, but also the stock AER, AER stuff that I complain about a lot. He can make that stuff work really well for you as well. So thank you to all of my 2023 sponsors. Power Motorsports, Works Connection, Lit Pro, Blood Lubricant, 60 Helmets, International Vet Motocross Series, that used to be oldtimersmx.com, Dunlop Motorsports, Pro Taper, ScreenPrintingDone.com, and Decal Works, the official graphic of Kiefer Inc. testing. All right, so that takes care of all of our sponsor plugs, and now we're going to dive into the 2023 YZ250F. So, you guys want to think about buying one of these things? Who's it for? What's it like to ride? Let's break it down right here. So, the engine... If you look on some of these 2023 other media shootouts that's going on right now, I think Cycle News had theirs, MXA had theirs. I want to say Swap Moto has had theirs as well, but that is not posted yet. The Yamaha has done fairly, fairly well. It won Cycle News' shootout, and I think it's maybe second or third over on MXA. MXA voted for the KTM. And I'm just going to be real with you guys here right now. I don't know how that would happen. I've ridden the KTM 250 SXF. And although a great bike, the chassis is not like a Yamaha YZ250F. The Yamaha YZ250F is forgiving than the chassis. It has great bump absorption. It has way better suspension than the, the WPAER stuff. So to me, to have the KTM 250 SXF win is kind of puzzling to me. Uh, I have been doing a lot of, <laughs> I've been doing a lot of testing and the, over 20 some years, right? And how I test and how I was brought up to test is I'm in the production side of testing. So I have to evaluate on a larger scale of a person. It's not just what I like. I have to think about what the consumer may like, what the consumer, the general consumer um, needs to me. The 2023 YZ250F, and if you have a 2022 that you can buy at a dealership, it is the same bike, so I'm talking to you guys out there as well. This bike is really good for a wide range of rider. If you're a young up-and-coming rider uh, that wants one of the best stock 250F engines and maybe don't have to modify it as much, this bike is great. If you are a vet rider that's lazy, scared of 450F power, but yet you need enough torque to get you around the track in a fun manner, this is also a great bike. So to say that the KTM 250SXF is better is very hard for me to swallow at this time. That doesn't mean later on when they figure the stiffer nature chassis out over at KTM and then maybe figure out more comfort out of the AER fork or go to a spring fork I could see this, but right now, to me, I'm not doing a 250F shootout. If I was, I would rank the YZ250F first, and I've ridden all of these bikes, yes, at different tracks, at different times, different conditions, so granted, it, I haven't ridden every single bike in the same day at the same track. I have ridden them, and I do have a 
sense of a feeling what these bikes can do. The YZ250F should win uh, the shootout for the general consumer. Now, if you're doing your own personal shootout of what you like, maybe it's different. But for the general type of consumer out there, it is tough to beat a YZ250F in the quarter liter four-stroke class. Now, the reasons being, I kind of touched on it, is the Yamaha has a lot of torque, the most torque in class feeling on the track uh, than I've ever felt out of a 250F. It has a snappy RPM, low-end RPM response. It has a lot of pulling power out of the corner. Does it have the best top-end power? No, it does not. It doesn't rev out or have the top-end pull like, let's say, a Kawasaki KX250 or a KTM, Husqvarna, or a Gas Gas. It does like to be short-shifted, hence why I think it's like a little miniature 450. It doesn't have the torque like a big bike, but you ride it like a 450, and it rewards you as such. So for me, this is the most exciting feeling for the average guy to get on a little bike and have as much power um, as you do when you're trying to come out of a corner and do a double or a tabletop that you think you may or may not can do. This bike can give you the confidence to do that. And it also inspires confidence to let you know that I have enough mid-range RPM response that if I have to hop over something in a hurry in third gear, I can do that as well. So the YZ250F engine comes on strong. It is the strongest in class and low to mid-range hit, and it just doesn't have that top-end pulling power, that over-rev. Like, um, yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't think it has as much top-end as a Honda CRF250R. It just takes a long time for the Honda to get up there, but once it's up there, it likes to be ridden up top, and it's faster up on top and over as the Yamaha. But to me, um, it the Yamaha doesn't really need to have all of that top end like the other bikes do because it, it's so good down low. And when you think about a four-stroke engine, you want a lot of front side because you can ride it around most of the tracks, I'm not going to say every single track, besides sand, deep sand tracks, most tracks you can ride a four-stroke from low to mid-range, and you can be rewarded because you can short shift. If you learn how to shift early, this bike will pull it. Like You can literally ride third gear in a lot of corners in most of the tracks we have here in Southern California. Our tightest track here close to my house is Paris, California, it's the oldest track in Southern California. We had State Fair MX, but that is gone now. Paula is more of a flowier, faster track, but deeper conditions. But Paris has a lot of 180s, tight ruts. And for me, this bike can be running third gear and just be lugged around. And it doesn't really fall on its face when you do so. A uh, little fan of the clutch, and it gets back into the RPM, and it's just fun to ride. There's very few times where I look forward to riding a 250F or if I'm trying to race my kid, which I do a lot around here. Um, I'm choosing a Yamaha because I'm 170 pounds. I'm also 45 years old, and I'm a little lazier. I ride 450s a lot on my own time, so I want that kind of power character, and this Yamaha seems to fit my style that way. Um, now, leading to the top-end portion of it, you can get more pulling power up top and sacrifice some of that low-end feel if you want via Yamaha Power Tuner app that comes stock on all of the Yamahas that you can buy. 
which is somewhat of a sore subject when you go to some of these shootouts with other manufacturers because uh, they get kind of pissed off because some of these other media outlets rate the bike on different maps that you can download. But what's cool about a Yamaha, it's a free add-on, right? It just goes on your phone, and you can change the power character and what you like, and there are three pre-programmed maps on the app for your bike right here. Or you can simply input the numbers that you want and kind of adjust the power curve as you may wish. Um, you will not hurt this bike. Yamaha will not allow you to screw this bike up via Yamaha Power Tuner. So if you're worried about like, hey, Kiefer, will I screw my bike up um, going leaner or richer on uh, the fuel setting or I'm going leaner on my ignition setting? No. It may not run very well, but you're not going to blow your bike up because of the values that you're putting into your grid. There's no way in hell out there, I'm telling you guys, I've been part of the Yamaha durability process many years ago, you know, not currently, but many, many years ago, 2009, and the durability process is very rigorous. It's not just something that they come up with like, oh, yeah, let's put this in here, and they don't try it. Trust me, they try to dummy-proof everything they do. So you cannot screw up your bike via Yamaha Power Tuner. I do have an app, um, a map for your app that you can use for your YZ250F that will give you some more top-in and over-rev and sacrifice a little bit of that torque feel. But if you guys want more top-end, we do have that. I'll put that up on my website. I also recommend using the Kiefer free-feeling map. That really... Um, calms down that engine braking that does negatively affect the YZ250F. If there is something negative about this engine, it does have a lot of engine braking feel off throttle. So the Kiefer free feeling map frees that up somewhat and you will not get a lot or as much pitching into corners with this map. This seems to be a popular map. A lot of people are using it. I'll repost it up on my website once this podcast goes up. And uh, you can try both of those maps. So there's an over-rev map, top-end map that I got from Yamaha that those R&D guys over there, Stevie and Travis, use that they like. I tried it recently in my 23 that I just got, and it was noticeably different for top-end pulling power, which I do sometimes on my local sand tracks here at home, especially now we have some weather here in Southern California, and I really enjoy riding close to home and my tracks because I actually rigged up a ripper on my Jeep. Super ghetto, but it's awesome for us high-des guys. So when it's wet, we rip all of these sand tracks up, and it gets really heavy and and, and just weighs the motor down. So I would like some top-in. So you guys complain about that. Try this map. It does help that somewhat, and uh, it'll get you some more top-in pulling power. So to me, this is a blend of a big board-type field engine with a short shifting ability, I leave stock gearing on for this engine character. You can go up a tooth, so stock gearing is 1350. You can go to a 51 if you feel like you need to get in third gear, or if you don't agree with me and you are in third gear in the corners and you need some more recovery, go to a 51. You know, I bust, I bust Jody, uh, Jody's balls from MXA about going up a tooth, but actually, it does work in. A lot of situations, if you're having trouble with gearing and having trouble being in between gears between second and third, going up a tooth does help. So even though we say do the Jody, because <laughs> he's been doing this for so long, it does actually work. So 
In this case, I stay 1350, but if you guys need to go to a 51, uh, that does work. But you're going to have to run third gear because then it makes second gear super short. I mean, it is short. Second gear currently on this bike is already kind of short for me. Um, it runs out really quick. So being in third gear is the YZ250F's happy gear. And don't be scared to use fourth because fourth gear is actually pretty usable as well, especially if you're riding a track similar to Glen Helen and uh, going up hills. I do shift to fourth, and that actually is very helpful um, coming out of a corner in third and then shifting fourth. So if you're looking to get better starts, um, you're coming out of a gate on a YZ250F in second gear. I would immediately shift to third gear as soon as you can because that third gear pulling power will get you down the straightaway quite quite far versus other bikes in its class. Some bikes, like the Honda CRF250R, third gear is short. Like, I almost got to bypass third gear at times just to get into second to fourth, and then fourth gear is really long. It feels like a third gear pull. So the transmission spacing is fairly good on this YZ250F. Second gear is a little short. Third gear is pretty good, and fourth gear is very usable. So Trust me on the fact that I think you guys will like this engine. It is very friendly to a lot of different types of riders. We have a buddy, Liam Alov, Joe Alov's kid, that just graduated from a uh, 85 class, and he is now currently on a YZ250F. And it wasn't the fact that he was good and he won some titles at Loretta's and he could get whatever he wants or the most money or the most help. He actually got to ride all different kinds of bikes, and he chose a YZ250F. I actually gave him my test bike, my 2022 test bike. And he liked it so much, he rode the shit of it for uh, over, I don't know, two months. And that's what he chose to start his big bike amateur career on was a Yamaha. Because, again, lots of uh, low-end front, front side feel, which to parents helps because... Uh, you don't need to build the shit out of your kid's engine when he's moving to a 250F. You can leave that thing stock, and that'll be plenty fast enough for him in the B-Class for quite some time. Unlike my child, where he's on a Kawasaki KX250, I kind of have to build it a little bit to make him happy and be competitive just locally because, granted, the KX, the 2023 KX250 is a better um, engine package it's still not like a Yamaha because he's racing against other Yamahas and they're just going to beat him out of the hole because that's how much front side that YZ250F engine has. The 23KX250 is better, honestly. Like, it does have a lot more bottom into the 22, but it's still nothing like the torque of a YZ250F. Now, let's move on to the chassis portion of this thing. This is where maybe the, the YZ250F doesn't get the best grades and maybe this is where... These other media outlets rate this bike down. It does feel somewhat heavier of a, of a chassis-feeling bike uh, when you ride it compared to a, a Honda CRF250R or even a KX250. The KX250 feels really light and nimble. Now, this isn't necessarily a bad thing, but this is me, what I like in a chassis. My production testing self would say, yeah, it is a little bit heavier, and it is a little bit harder to corner for guys that maybe struggle with cornering. The Honda CRF250R is easier to corner for guys that struggle with cornering. I personally don't have that problem with cornering, so to me, a guy that has semi-good technique and can lay a bike into a corner, the YZ250F isn't bad. 
it gets me to the corner in a planted manner. I have a lot of of straight line stability with this chassis, but um, some of you guys say, hey, it's kind of lazy in the corners. I get a front-end push, and it's heavy feeling. I, on the other hand, feel like it gets to the corner really well, and I can lay in that corner extremely easy because that nasty, rough straightaway that was before that corner, it got me to the corner in a predictable, calm manner. So that's why I can corner better. But I also understand that some of you guys aren't going as fast down that straightaway, so you need a bike to help you lay into a rut, to help you lean. You want a bike that follows the rut around. And I understand what you guys are saying, like sometimes this YZ250F has a tendency to give a little bit of a vague feel. So that is not the best in class as far as cornering goes. If you're looking for a bike that has probably the best in class cornering, the Honda CRF250R still kind of reigns that whole um, area of the track. When it's time to lay the bike into the ground, that CRF250R is really good, but it's still not quite sure about rough straightaways. The YZ250F, on the other hand, loves it. It tells you, come on, give me some square edge, some braking bumps, or whatever you want to throw at me. The YZ250F likes that. It's calm. It'll move underneath you with the suspension. You know, it's active, but the chassis remains calm for the most part besides that D-cell or that heavy engine braking. But when you put a Kiefer Free Feeling map in it, that calms that down, and you should be fairly happy with straight line stability and leading into the corner. Some tips for you guys out there that want to improve the cornering on a YZ250F. Uh, a couple things here. Make sure you're at a fork height of 5 millimeters, which is stock. You can try 7 millimeters. I would say recommend going up to 7 millimeters if you're having trouble with front-end feel, front-end bite in area 2 to 3 of the corner. If you don't know what that means, search on my site for testing terms. It'll tell you. But real quick, area 2 is the middle part of the corner. Area 3 is the end. And you can get your fork height up plus 7 millimeters. That's plus 2 more than stock. Run your sag about 104, and that should help. Also, I'm not the hugest fan of a Dunlop MX-33. I like a Dunlop MX-3S tire. They still make those tires, so you got to be kind of uh, a little bit of a detective to find it. They're out there. Uh, Chaparral has them. Rocky Mountain has them. They sell out quite a bit. But Dunlop MX3S does help this bike. You know, and I will say this. Most of the manufacturers are using Dunlop on their machines. And they're using MX33 because that's where Dunlop was headed. But I will say Dunlop MX33 is just more of a durable tire. So the carcass is stiffer. The knobs are a little bit stiffer. So you're not getting as much performance out of the tire as you was MX3S. So with the MX3S, you will get a better lean-in better bite on area two but your front tire is not going to last as long as the mx33 and it's cheaper for the manufacturers to purchase mx33 than mx3s so that is why they're on on most of the bikes right now so that's what's going on there but you can find them mx33 rear no problem run that thing at 12.5 pounds run the mx3s front at 13.5 and enjoy your new found uh lean angle traction that you got thank you chris for telling me about the Dunlop MX-3S. Thank you. 
Trust me. Find it. Do some detective work. Get them. Stock up. If you go to Rocky Mountain and says, hey, man, uh, we have three left. Buy three. Stock up. You can use them on any other bike. Just stock up. Great tire. Uh, I don't know when Dunlop's coming out with their next generation soft to intermediate, but right now you can still buy MX3S, and it's awesome. MX33 isn't the worst tire. It's not the best tire. It's just middle of the road. But with the Yamaha, it needs help for front end, lean angle traction in corners, and the 3S will help. So I beat that with the dead horse. So I beat that. So I just wanted to let you guys know several times because some of you guys don't listen. (laughs) So I have to repeat myself. Uh, But that will help you. Kiefer, do I need clamps? No, you don't need clamps to corner better. Look, I've tried other offsets. I've tried other clamps. It's not going to make a huge difference in the way this bike corners. It's basically how you set up your fork height and your sag. That's where you're going to get most of your cornering progress is through those areas. Some of you guys out there don't even check sag, so you might want to do that on this model and get that front tire and then get back to me and tell me what you think. But overall, great bump absorption. Nice slap down feel. It's just a softer feeling through your hands. If you want a little bit of a softer feel through your hands, you go to a Pro Taper bar. No, Yamaha stock bar is not a Pro Taper made bar. It looks that way. They have a different vendor that is not a Pro Taper bar. So the wall thickness is different from a Pro Taper to your stock Yamaha bar. So if you want to, you like the stock bend. Go to a Pro Taper Evo SX race bend. That is the same bend as what is on the stock Yamaha. You can go to some aftermarket grips. Of course, Pro Taper has great grips, soft grips. You can go do that. Rental has grips. You can go do that. And uh, I prefer a non-lock-on grip because a lock-on, although convenient, is not the most friendly to your hands on slap down, just a stiffer bar because you got plastic you're adding to the bar, right? You're not just gluing on rubber to your bar. Um, so yeah, if you're looking a little bit more, looking for a little bit more slap down feel, more comfort, go to a different bar, and that'll help as well. Suspension side of things, I did evolve this setting a little bit. Uh, Coming from 2022, the spring rate on the fork is a 4.7 newton millimeter. That's fine for most riders, unless you're 140 pounds. You wanna maybe, <coughs> excuse me, you maybe wanna go to a little bit of a lighter spring. The height four millimeter again to five millimeter. That is where the happy medium is. If you like a little bit more stability, go to four millimeter on the fork height. Compression seven clicks out. Rebound eleven clicks out. And that is a good baseline fork setting for anywhere between 160 pounds to 180. And then if you're a little bit heavier than that going to that, I would maybe go to your compression to five clicks out and then try rebound 12 clicks out. Again, when you go in on your compression, you're essentially slowing the fork down, which is good for holdup. But if you want to make the fork follow the ground a little bit more because now you're slowing it down, it could pack. It could deflect a little bit. You want to open up that rebound down some, a rebound up some, and then speed it up, right? So that way it follows the ground better. There's also this thing I call two for one. I've talked about it in many shows. Every two clicks in, you do on compression, you go one click out on rebound. 
Or if you go two clicks out on compression, go one click in on rebound. This is a good, happy medium and safe way to dial in your suspension. And instead of just saying, I'm cranking my compression in, I need more holdup. And now, sure, the, the fork is moving slower. You got a little bit more compression dampening feel, but now it's skipping across light bump shit. And you're like, well, I don't have any more traction, Kiefer. What do I do? Have you opened up your rebound? Nope, didn't do it. Now you know, two for one. The shock, 56 newton millimeters, sag 104 to 105, high speed compression, seven eighths to one turnout, low speed comp, nine clicks out, rebound, nine clicks out. You can go to keyforinktesting.com under 2023 250 MX baseline settings. I do all of the 250 MX bikes over there, give you actual numbers to where you should have on your clickers. The Yamaha is in there. You can read that if you don't get it right here in this podcast. But you're not going to find a better stock suspension on any bike than a YZ250F. little firm at the beginning. It breaks in. Can get a little bit soft, right? Especially if you have a heavy D-cell kind of bike like this bike is. I, on the other hand, if it was my personal bike, again, taking the consumer testing-based self away, and just if it was my bike, I would go spring up because I want a little bit more hold up and I want a little bit flatter of a, of a chassis feel coming into the corner. I'm 172 pounds right now coming off the holidays, gained a couple. I would go spring up on the fork and then back that compression out a little bit. And I will, I will be honest with you guys here. This bike doesn't necessarily need a revalve. The stock valving is pretty damn good. If you guys just want to swap springs, that is fine on this bike. I know maybe Mark and the guys over at REP doesn't want to hear this, but I, I try to tell as much tr <laughs> 99% the truth on this show. I'll save the 1%. I'll just shut up. I'm not going to lie about it, but I'll just shut up about it. But I'm telling you guys, this Yamaha valving is really good. Um, you might want to change some springs if you guys are a little bit heavier or lighter, but the valving stack is, is pretty good on this bike. If you are going to go to a valving spec, you guys want a different kind of character out of the suspension. Mark does really good work with Yamaha KYB stuff, and you can go check his stuff out. He does a really good job. So just try breaking in your suspension because it will be a little bit stiff, even for me at first. It doesn't take as long to break in as a KTM. I would say an hour or two in that that KYB stuff will break in really nice. And you can run this stuff maybe 10 to 12 hours, and it's it's nice to get your oil changed, change your seals, uh, your bushings, and then get that new feeling back. And then after you do that initial oil change and seals and bushing change, you can go 20 to 25 hours on your your oil and your and your fork and your shock setting and just run it and then see what it's like. That's what I normally, I try 20 to 25 hours on the oil and the bushings and the seals, and that is a nice timeline for you guys out there to, to just know, like, hey, it's maybe time to switch it up a little bit and get some fresh oil in here. Because you guys don't understand, when oil breaks down in the suspension, and suspension gets awful hot, okay? We don't really think about that because we think about engine temps and other things, but Oil does break down because we're causing heat. That suspension, the shafts are moving. There's so much going on with suspension that, to me, if there's one thing that I would want to do to a motorcycle, I would want to take care of my suspension the most over the engine. Most of these, these new production bikes have great engines. 
I'm more chassis suspension based. I want a bike that handles good and I can work with the engine that I'm given. This Yamaha KYB SSS fork is older technology, but it, it works great. So don't jack with it. Yamaha, keep going this direction. Maybe work on the valving spec or something, but this stuff is really comfortable and nice and easy to use. Very good for the general consumer. And that's what we're all looking for is a, is a comfortable bike to ride and a fun bike to ride. Hi, sorry to bother you right now with these commercials, but we're going to do them anyway. Some of them are new, so you might like them. Listen in, save some money. We'll be right back. ScreenPrintingDone.com My dream is the world's most powerful t-shirt. Do you want to look good, but you ain't got the money? Trying to get some t-shirts made? Yeah, Go to ScreenPrintingDone.com This is a t-shirt. You can get anything you want on that t-shirt. I'm about to show you guys how y'all can look fly. Your business name. That's my business. Your kid's name. Oh, Billy. Your favorite phrase, like let's go buddy, or free jailbirds. I agree. Anything at all. Screenprintingdone.com. T-shirt printing business. Mention Kiefer on your next order and get 10 free t-shirts. That's what I'm talking about! Screenprintingdone.com. I know it's tough sometimes, guys. What engine oil should I run? What weight? Synthetic or non-synthetic? It's tough. But you guys, I've been running blood lubricants for about two and a half years now. I've had great results. You guys are looking for some great oil. The Barracuda Blood Series 1040 is what we run in all of our test bikes here. Um, it's specifically formulated for the most brutal racing conditions on earth. Look, heat, high humidity, silt, mud, whatever you got, this Barracuda Blood 1040 can handle it. 1040 is a great weight for most motocross and off-road machines, even though maybe your uh, owner's manual says run 530 or 1050. To me, 1040 is a great weight. Check it out. Barracuda Blood Series. Um, it's been through Baja 1000, the 500, Mint 400, Vegas, Torino, all of our test bikes here. 100% synthetic oil. It's great stuff. Uh, you put it in. And I run about two and a half engine hours. I take it out, and man, it still comes out pretty damn clean. So you can use the code Kiefer at checkout over at bloodlubricants.com. Save yourself 25% off a case of oil. They have all different kinds of stuff. They have suspension oils. They've got sprays, chain lubes, whatever it is for oil-related stuff for your off-road motorcycle. Check out bloodracing.com. Ride-engineering.com. You guys want to get some clamps, some bar mounts, some chain blocks, uh, brake calipers. Adrian over there at Ride Engineering has a lot of quality parts. And if you use the code KT20, that'll save you 20% off what he offers over there. So that's ride-engineering.com. And he is not only the guy who tests the parts. I mean, I help him as well. But he also has an engineering degree. Holy crap. So go check them out, ride-engineering.com. Use the code KT20 to save some money. You guys out there tweaking on handlebars and grips? Trust me, I do it almost daily. If you're looking for a strong bar but yet has a lot of flex, look no further than the Pro Taper Evo bar. It is my favorite bar out there on the market right now. Why? They have great bends. The bar flexes. I don't get vibration from the bar. I'm getting older. I want some flex in my bar. But yet, I want it to be strong. And Pro Taper has the strongest and the lightest bar out there that actually flexes. 
So go check them out, protaper.com. I'm currently using uh, SX Race Band on my Yamahas. There is a brand new band that's just coming out right now. You guys should see that. It is called Race Team Bend, and that is what we use over on Aiden's KTM and my KTM here uh, in the shop. So protaper.com, they have race cut grips, they have sprockets, they have chains, all different kinds of things. Go check them out, protaper.com. You guys want to go check out the new 2023 Yamaha YZs? Thinking about buying one? Or maybe a two-stroke? The new YZ 450F is narrower, more compact, and lighter. It's built to do one thing, go faster. Don't worry, the old tried-and-true 2023 YZ250F, no changes for 2023, but still the great same shootout-winning 250F. And it's all over at Power Motorsports. Go check them out. Get your new Yamaha from the number one Yamaha dealership in the USA. The pros at Power Motorsports in Sublimity, Oregon. Let them know you heard it here. That's right. The one and only Kiefer Tested Podcast. Call or text 503-769-8888 and ask for the power price. I don't even care where you're at in the USA. Maine, California, Florida, Washington. Just go visit them, powermotorsports.com, or hit me up, chris at keferinktesting.com, and I'll get you in touch with the guys over there at Power and let you go rip around on your new scooter. So fun. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, riding jacket, or long sleeve shirt, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink and ride. It is illegal and stupid. Yeah, you guys know that time punishes you if you're not on top of your game. Look, I'm a competitive guy at 45. My kid is 15, and he is right on me every time we go out to the track. But you know what? You know what takes the guesswork out of who's the king for the day, who gets to talk trash on the way home? That's right. You can measure your lap times, you can reach your full potential, and of course, you'll never guess where you're gaining or losing time. Go to litprolive.com. You can email me, chris at keferinktesting.com for a discount code on one of their GPS receivers. Getting started is super easy with LitPro. Pick a GPS receiver, download the app, and add a subscription, and then you're on your way to improve your lap times, get a better result as your, you know, than your buddy. That's right, because there's nothing better than bragging rights when you're on your way home. You throw your guy a text, who got the best of you, baby? That's right, I did. And you want to know how to do it? Lip Pro. Aiden and I have been on this for about a year now. Super easy to use. Look, I am not a tech-savvy guy, and Lip Pro is super easy for me and Aiden to navigate. And uh, I think it would be a great benefit to you guys out there. So hit me up, chris at keyforinktesting.com. Go to Lip Pro Live. You guys want to see anything related to how to keep time, how to improve your lap times, what section you want to improve on, all those things and more over on LipProLive.com. You like to go ride? Are you over the age of 30 like myself? Well, guess what? There's an association where you can go racing and you have a great time. Five motos over the complete weekend. You can go to oldtimersmx.com, but they're going to change their name to International Vet Motocross Series. You can check them out here very soon. But several races over several months all over the western United States. It's going to be a fun time, 
And let me tell you guys, I just went racing last week, and it is a great time. If you haven't been out racing in quite some time and you're an older gentleman or a lady, they have plenty of classes for you. There's people out there that enjoy riding and racing dirt bikes just like yourself. But, hey, you got to go do it. You got to go check them out. Right now, go to oldtimersmx.com. But, again, we're going to change our name up to IVMX, International Vet Motocross Association. So go look for them. And if you have any questions about the series, hit me up, Chris, at keyforinktesting.com, and we'll get you out there and have some fun and get some gate drops. We are back. That wasn't so hard, was it? On with the 2023 Yamaha YZ250F. Uh, little bits and pieces. The ergonomics is not the the best point about this machine, just like the old YZ450. I would assume the 2024 YZ250F will get updated, and it will look like the 2023 version uh, YZ450. So we'll have to wait on that. But if you guys are looking for some more cockpit room, which chances are you will be, uh, look at the Works Connection foot peg mounts. I went to work with Eric over at Works Connection try to open up this cockpit because it's a little bit cramped. I'm 5'11". I've even ran into guys that are 5'9 that say it doesn't feel quite right to them and feels cramped. So Works Connection and I went through several different offset mounts. I've settled on minus 7 down millimeters and minus 5 back. That is a nice change if you're running between anywhere between 5.9 to 6.1. That's a great change. They're titanium mounts, which are a little bit expensive, but use the code KEFER20 and save 20%, and that will open up your cockpit. I don't like the bar mounts in the forward hole, even though I'm 5'11", 6 foot. I'm still in the front hole, right? Or they call it the rear hole, I guess. If you're, if it's the closest to the seat, we got to debate this. Front or rear hole. The hole closest to you when you're sitting on the bike with the mount turned forward, that's a nice change for me. With the mounts, leave that hole, that bar mount in that hole, and that gives you a nice feeling coming in the corners. Yamaha liked to put that bar mount in the front hole for a bit on the 450, and I just felt it left my elbows and my arms in a weird position when I went into a corner. And I didn't really like it. It left me with not a lot of front-end feel. So going back to that bar that bar mount in that front hole, I guess, what you want to call it, or the cl hole closest to you, for me is the best setting. And you can go to a tall seat if you want. I'm back and forth with that. Uh, Guts Racing does make a taller seat. Also, GYTR, the Yamaha Parts and Accessory Division, does make a tall seat. I'm pretty sure the Yamaha seat is three-quarters of an inch taller, and the gut seat is an inch taller. So if you want a little bit of height there, that'll help. So that combination does open up the cockpit, does make it better, makes it more user-friendly. You don't feel so cramped. Your knees are not up high. The transition from uh, sitting to standing isn't so drastic. It really does help this bike, and it will help you corner better as well. So some of you guys are having trouble with your cornering. I think some of that has to do with those foot pegs and where they placed it in production form, they need to be down and back a little bit. That will relax your knees, and I think you can corner better just technically with a more open cockpit so you can look into that. Now, what about durability? We've praised Yamaha's durability for years. The YZ250F does go through timing chains, people. 
I have broke timing chains with faster riders that like to rev their bikes. So in order to prevent that, I would recommend changing your timing chain every 20 hours. It's not that costly. It doesn't take that long to do, but it's good insurance to keep your YZ250F alive and running. I'm not a huge rever, although I'm older, but the younger kids, they do rev, and then timing chains do break. Race teams are adamant about changing timing chains, and this is just more of a 250F thing, but especially on the Yamaha side, I really want you guys to know that there are sometimes that I get emails saying, hey, I broke a timing chain. How many hours did you have on it? Well, I had about, you know, uh, 32 hours on my, my bike. Did you change the timing chain? No, I didn't. So every 20 hours, just for insurance purposes, especially if you are a faster guy and like to rev or you ride sand, get a timing chain, put a new one in there. You don't need the timing chain guides or anything like that, just the timing chain, and that'll really protect your engine. Now, you're like, hey, Chris, I'm just a vet guy. I ride maybe once or twice a month. I'm not really a rever. Then obviously those times are going to increase, right? You're not going to have to change it every 20 hours. Maybe you could change it every 40 hours. If you're just a vet guy, weekend warrior, just cruises around, your bike is going to exponentially last longer than it would for me or my kid, right? So use a good oil. Always change your oil. I change my oil every two engine hours. It's another insurance policy for you guys. Good oil. Blood Racing makes great oil. 1040. Uh, Barracuda Blood is great. And if you don't want to use synthetic, which I understand, Yamalube makes great oil. Uh, 1040 petroleum-based oil. And some bikes, I do like petroleum-based oils because it makes the clutch last longer than some synthetics. It's hard to find some good synthetics out there that do not make your clutch slip. And that is the case with the Yamaha, especially with the clutch. The YZ250F clutch lasts, to me, longer than a YZ450F clutch. I uh, went through clutches every 10 hours or so on the older 22 YZ450. I got a little bit extra life out of this YZ250. Uh, so the 450 side, uh, 10 hours, and that was it. But the 250, my kid... Pretty good rider, and he can get almost 20 hours on a clutch. So, again, petroleum-based oil. If you guys aren't familiar with what that is, you can always email me. I kind of guide you in the directions of some good oils if you're not going to blood racing. There are a couple other good companies out there. But there is a code for blood racing and save some uh, money on some oils just so you guys know if you always want to go that route. But as past that, as far as, like, lifespan of the engine and parts on this bike, the Yamaha is really, really reliable. Just change that timing chain every 20 hours if you're a fast dude. If you're a slower guy, go to 40, and that'll give you some insurance. But for me, I've had fairly good luck with the YZ250Fs. Brake pads are strong. Uh, overall plastic staying together, nuts and bolts, all of that is really good. Uh, pistons are good if you guys are thinking about you know changing the top in. 40 hours is a good time measurement for that. And yes, I do recommend OEM pistons. I like OEM parts a lot on the Yamaha side. It's quality stuff, and it does last a long time. And not to mention, if you guys maybe want to get a warranty someday or something happens, they're going to ask you, what you guys use for parts? And it's nice to have OEM parts in all the time. Yes, even oil filters. I run OEM oil filters all the time, for sure. 
So just change your oil every two hours. This Yamaha YZ250F will last you a long time, and you'll have a great time on it. So um, hopefully we'll see in 2024 new YZ250F. That would be cool. Um, if the guys over at Yamaha did anything like they did with the YZ450F, the YZ250F should be pretty amazing in the engine department. Some modifications you guys can do to yours that work. Okay, <sighs> it's tough for me because in the in the realm of mufflers, you guys always want a muffler, and I don't blame you. the the <laughs> The YZ250F muffler sounds like shit. It's loud. It's atrocious. The bike's already loud from the intake, and now you got this loud ass raspy muffler. It's it's rough, right? Unless you guys get your your hands on a Eurospec stock muffler. Chances are it's going to be rough going to find a better running muffler than the stock one. The stock muffler is really good for power. FMF makes a nice system for this. Even if you just go to a slip-on, you're still going to lose a little bottom end and gain a little bit more mid to top with the FMF. But I don't know if the juice is worth the squeeze on this necessarily unless you just can't live with the sound of the stock one, which I get. So just know, most of the time when you leave the stock world of mufflers and you go to an aftermarket world, it will have less bottom end. Slip-ons have a tendency to try to retain most of the bottom end of the stock bike and give you a little bit more mid-range, but um, you're still going to lose a little bit. So if you like the bottom end, just go to the slip-on FMF version. This is the best one that I have found that I have used. I have used an Akrapovich, which is really good, but it's also super expensive. And you just can't buy an Akrapovich slip-on. So FMF 4.1 slip-on is really good. I like to keep the insert in. Some of you guys take it out. I cut the screen out of the insert, put the insert back in. It likes back pressure. That is some of the reason why these aftermarket companies lose bottom end because there's less back pressure inside the perf slash core of this muffler. So a little insert on the end does help. You will have to remove the spark arrestor screen, but just put that thing back in, and that will get you some of that back pressure back and give you some of that low-end snap RPM um, response back. Uh, other portions of things that work on this bike... Uh, twin air power flow kit gets rid of that backfire screen, opens the mouth of the intake up. Couple things with this. Yes, it does. We'll add, we'll add about a horsepower. It'll get you some more low end feeling and more mid range pulling power. It does get louder to the ears of the intake, and it is tricky taking your air filter off. So here's a tip if you are running an open mouth, air filter cage design like a twin air power flow, which I recommend. A little bit expensive, but the aluminum uh, backfire screen is very, very nice, very sano, and they use a nice filter system. Tip your bike over on its side before you change your dirty filter. Why, Kiefer? Well, because as you take your dirty air filter out, dropping particles down the intake, you are fucked. Or you're going to have to have some kind of shop vac slash long nose looking sucker thing to suck out the dirt that you just dropped in your intake. So if you pull your bike over to the side, put the handlebars on a stand, and then slowly remove your open mouth air filter system, 
Now, your particles, if they do fall, they're not going to fall all the way down into your, into your intake to where your throttle body is. It's a lot easier to clean up. So, a little bit more time to change a filter with the intake system, but you will get some more bottom-end power. And to me, you guys will notice it right away. Uh, a couple things I did when I got the YZ250F last year, I put the Twin Air Power Flow Kit on, ran VPT4 fuel, and I was like, holy shit. It really woke up the low to mid-range, and it really improves the snappiness of this motorcycle. You want to add that 4.1 slip on, and then that intake, that'll get some of your bottom end back that you lost from the aftermarket muffler system. So there's all different kinds of things that weigh each other out and balance it out and get some of that horsepower back. But those things right there really make this bike fun to ride. Sure, we can go into Vortex ECUs, and that'll make it amazing, but that's also $1,000. But those things, simple things, an intake system, a muffler, and a little bit of race gas, VPT4, does help this bike a lot and really wakes it up. Again, I run good DID chains on this. I run Pro Taper sprockets. Uh, for me, it's hard to skimp out on a good chain. So DID ERT3 gold chain is the best non-O-ring chain there is out there. I pay for all of mine. I go to Rocky Mountain and I buy five at a time for me and my kid. So I don't skip out on chains because I do not want to break one over a jump. And uh, that is bad news. So that is the 2023 YZ250F in a nutshell. Not a lot of changes. There's a lot of information on my site about the 22 version. You can roll that into your 23. Again, email is open for you. I will post these Yamaha Power Tuner maps up to my website. And uh, enjoy your bike, guys. Like It's a fun bike to ride. It's the best 250F out there in my eyes for most of you. So you can go ahead and read other media outlet shootouts. But for me... I'm just telling you guys, there's a lot of upside to this YZ250F, and it's very fun to ride. So um, you can always uh, head over to Yamaha-Motor.com, and that will get you some more information about those bikes. As always, KieferInkTesting.com is the place to be. And look for a video that will be out soon over on RacerXOnline.com, which we will go over all of this stuff in the video format, just in case you young bucks hate to listen to my voice through the speakers of your radio and you just want to see my ugly face on the screen which is way worse i'd rather listen to me than look at me <laughs> uh, if you have any questions you're at the track you see me just come on over we can talk i'm happy to help you guys out as always and if you guys want to buy some merch we have new hoodies out it really does help us out spread the love and uh look good in the new Kiefer ink testing hoodies that are out heather does a great job with all of this Go to the shop on my website or email Heather at KieferInkTesting.com and she can help you out with any kind of merch situation that you want. And we'll be back next week with some special stuff. I got another episode that I really wanted to do. I'm a big bicycle fan and I got a special guy that uh, is a dirt bike fan, but he's also an ex-pro cyclist. We're going to go over some of the things that... Um, kind of meet in the middle between cyclists and racers and riders so that should be interesting excited about that and you weekend warriors are really going to get a kick out of this one to kind of help you out with some fitness tips and to get you better on your motorcycle because that's what we all want to be i always want to be better on my motorcycle no matter how, how old i am for some reason i still hold on to this thing and i still want to be 
I still want to be good. I still want to learn. Still want to try to shred a berm well. I don't want to look old on a bike. So I'm excited about this podcast coming up and uh, should be interesting. All right. Be good to each other. Ride safe. We will see you next week.